Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Real Easy Podcast. Two guys. Oh, two microphones. Every time you, it's always been, it's been two it's for like three two. weeks. And I, you keep... I get really jarred on it. I get really <laughs> jarred. And um, I'm in a different yeah. room. You can't see me, though. You are <laughs> in a different room. It looks like you're in a closet. Uh, thanks, man. Um, I'm in my bedroom. Uh, thanks. <laughs> oh, sorry. I mean, that's London living, baby. That's London living. What London are we talking about living. today, Chris? Uh, we're going to be talking about the importance of writers uh, in the filmmaking process and some film pieces that have inspired us and have really sort of uh, enlightened us to the importance of the writing aspect and how good writing really makes a good film it's so true and also whether or not it's uh, whether or not it comes from a book or it comes from real life or if it's plucked purely out of your imagination and how that changes when you put things to paper um what you're talking about revolutionary road i'm talking about king of staten island and if you hang on to the end of the podcast there's some extra special juicy bitch can you hear that juicy bitch can you hear that i can sam i can't wait for you to get rid of this How have you been, man? I'm all right, Bray. How are you? I'm good, man. You've got more of a beard than I do this time. Here's you. I've just realised. Sorry, we were chatting before this. You've got no beard. I've got no beard. I'm a when did that face. go? That went a couple of weeks ago. Um, it went before the last podcast. Oh wow! <laughs> Crab. <laughs> <laughs> well. Nice to see you clean shaven. You're looking uh, ready for anything. I look like uh, a rambler. You do look like a rambler. Uh, <laughs> a rambling man. A rambling man. It's so thick at the moment. I, yeah, might, I might attach a picture of myself to this podcast just so you can see this crazy, yeah. crazy beard. Just do, a, just do a screenshot of both of us. I could do that. Can you do yeah. a screenshot of both of us? Because my face will be bigger on yours. Smile. There you're done. Done. Perfect. <laughs> done. That's yeah. going to make the edit. So what are we talking about today, man? Uh, we That's going to make the edit. He says, <laughs> as though it's not going to make the edit. Uh, <laughs> anyway, sorry. We are going to be talking about the importance of writing Yes. on a movie. We're going to be talking about, uh, I think we're talking about book to film adaptations mainly and how mm. that's key. I think the film you're going to be talking about has been adapted, right? It's, I think um, I read that. It's been adapted from a true life story, not a book. Oh, interesting. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, there you go. Well, mine's been adapted from a book, um, and I'm going to be talking about Revolutionary Road, which is currently on Netflix. And yes, it is. Most people I'm thinking who's going to be listening to this podcast might have seen the film before, um, but if you haven't, uh, give it a watch. And it's like a, how I when I was watching the film, my little snippet of what we're going to talk about for me is how it's sort of like a play, but mm. in a movie, so it's yeah. very character driven. So yeah, that's what I'm going to be talking about. And Sam, you're going to be talking about what film? I'm going to be talking about The King of Staten Island. Which is available. At... Yeah, on Now TV. Sorry. You, it's on Now TV. That. It's literally, it's it's on everything but Netflix. And I'm sure soon it will be on Netflix. But it's on everything but Netflix. And I think that was an interesting way to go about it. It made a lot of a lot of Netflix people grumble. Um, oh. But it is a, it's an interesting take on a film that... For otherwise we wouldn't have heard about it for those of you that don't know um, essentially King of Staten Island is a semi-autobiographical story of the comedian 
Pete Davidson yes. and uh, his and his and his life and and it's kind of like an alternate reality of what he would do if he didn't find find comedy essentially. Mm. Um, but shall we kick kick off with um, Rev Road? Let's talk about Rev Road. So Rev Road oh, right. uh, is a book that uh, was written by Rich Yates and was adapted by Sam Mendes and directed by Sam Nem- Sam Mendes. Um, yeah. who, if you don't know who Sam Mendes is, get your head out your ass. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> he directed... I think Sam Mendes... He did, he did. He, di- he, di- he directed Road of Edition, I think. Yeah. He directed a lot of my favourite films. Although the most pompous answer I've ever heard him give when he when someone asked him if he'd ever do 3D films, he said, <laughs> I already do. They're called plays. So, yes. Well, that's yes. what he does. I've heard a quote from him as well that says, like, any time that I'm losing... The will to live on a film set he would just go back and do a play mm. kind of re-immerse himself because i really think like a lot of his movies are really quite character like 1917 and uh even his adaptations of the james bond uh yeah. films are quite character driven like um he did um did he do skyfall he did didn't he right Pretty no sure he so skyfall no, was during no yes he did sorry i'm thinking yeah. of quantum of solace because we were talking yeah. about writers the end yeah. of quantum quantum of solace uh, like halfway through the production, the writer strike happens. Yes. So yeah. that's why it's known to be quite a rocky film because yeah. basically they were like, "How do we finish this?" So, uh-huh. which is why the, the what, which is why it's like a part one of the James Bond because it really needed the second movie Skyfall and then really the third movie Spectre. To, it's like a, it's a, it was definitely a film that actually tracked across multiple movies for James Bond, which is what Sam Mendes is really good at doing is to bring real character depth world building that kind of thing to this uh to his films and revolutionary road is probably i think probably one of his best examples of doing that because it is it is like a play like it's some beautiful monologues um from each character so you've got leonardo DiCaprio playing um this all set in the 1950s uh 50s. Yeah, 50s yeah yeah uh, just after the second world war uh, in mm. america that whole everyone really striving for that suburban picket fence lifestyle yeah um but him and kate winslet when they met uh, so Kate Winslet plays his wife. They feel like uh, they don't really fit into this world, and they always had yeah. ideas of moving to Paris and having a, a, a completely different life. Uh, but basically, um, it, Leo doesn't play a very nice character. Uh, in fact, well, he's this quite is the thing. I remember. Husband. Yeah, I, I think as well. At the same time, it's it's an interesting film because of the uh, obviously the period of time in which it's period, set. Yep. You know, like he's supposed to be the stereotypical go out and you're supposed and but the thing is as well as Kate Winslet's character is a uh, April I think her name is yes um her um her she wants to be an actor yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and so and obviously that whole thing you're just a boy that maybe laugh at a party once um it's like it's 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 all it's all quite uh aggressive in that sense of no you stay at home and no you have my kids and no you you do what I say um who is your what was your favorite performance do you think from Revolutionary Road I love Kate and Leo, um, but again, Michael Shannon. Oh my god, that's such a good scene! <laughs> it's so good, you do know man. you you fucking hate each other, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's just oh. being—he's being the un. He, it's he's, weird. It's like when he's you our voice. Speak, exactly. He's our and when voice. you speak out of turn in those yeah. 1950s scenarios, you're insane. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, you're yeah. not. You're just seeing the world as. He was like is. a 2000s kind of mind in the 1950s yeah. and kate winslet exactly. as well had you know 
she was quite progressive in her um, uh, views of society. Whereas Leo was all bullshit. I feel like his character mm. was all like uh, talking out of his ass most of the time, and you don't think he ever really truly believed in anything he ever said, or yeah. Um, and his motives were always very uh, flawed. Uh, and really he was just a bit lazy and a bit stuck and he got a bit of a decent opportunity and he took it and yeah. used his wife's pregnancy as an excuse to to stay at home and not do this big amazing adventure that his wife yeah. really wanted to go on and uh, yeah. yeah like an it's incredible even, story the dichotomy there as well is like the fact that the wife wants to go around and to Paris yeah. wasn't it and to yeah. write and act and stuff and because she's pregnant they won't go as a couple it's just like yeah. it's such a very 1950s way of looking at it yeah. in that way um i really who wrote um when was the book written do you know uh that's a very good uh richard yates is uh not uh, oh sorry no so just after the 50s sorry 31st of december 1961 holy fuck so that's a bit ahead of its time isn't it um Maybe I don't know. I mean, beat poets yeah. are happening. In very, the very, well. very ahead of its time, especially with the voice of Michael Shannon. Actually, I should have definitely looked this up before I started spouting on about how modern it was. When well, really, it is modern, still... but it's very forward-thinking from yeah Richard Yates. But then it, I, I was just saying as well, it's the like 60s well, is that interesting sixties is like that beatnik yeah. kind of thing. People yeah. start going, "What the fuck yeah. is this?" Mm-hmm. Which means he was right the... on the front forefront of that. Yeah, I would say nineteen sixty-one. Yeah. Right, right at the beginning of that whole um, movement, um, you know, peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love. Destroy. So yeah, very much loved that film. They destroyed me completely. Why? Also, um, well, it's a very depressing ending, and it's a very, it's like, and especially in in these, we were just discussing this just a second. Oh, I just ago. remembered. There's a whole there's a whole scene that I completely forgot was in the film. Now I know why you're it's obsessing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's like it's it's we we have all these ideas and all these, but really society will just kind of grind you back down to what the norm is. And yeah. now everyone's really questioning what the norm is with the coronavirus happening. Um, we were just talking about this. It's just it's it's hard to then. Everyone's talking about going back to normal, but like so much of stuff has happened, especially with the um, BLM movement. Mm. Um, do we want to go back to normal? Like, well, normal wasn't what working. What the fuck for is normal? Vast, what? vast <laughs> population of the world. Yeah, so it's um, yeah, it's an interesting time to take stock, and um, I think the film, what the film was saying, is like it's really hard to change and get out of your own uh, patterns and out of your own shell, as it were. Yeah. Um, so I think that, that's why the film hit me quite hard. I think it's because of what's going on right now. Um, it's quite poignant as well, the last yeah. scene as well. For those of you that haven't seen it, obviously pause it for a couple of seconds. Um, yeah. Pause the podcast, sorry. Um, so the last scene where the old guy just turns his hearing aid off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so like, I'm not going to, I just don't need this in my life anymore. It's quite a good kind yeah. of full stop on it. And as well, it's weird when you think about that during the filming, Kate Winslet and Sam Mendes were married. Yes, and Sam Mendes was filming sex scenes with his wife and Leo. Yeah, <laughs> I was, was just like, listening. Any... Yeah, I was just. No, listening... I was just it was like anyone find this weird or not? Yeah. Yeah, I was just listening to the um, a recommendation for just a very light-hearted entertainment podcast. Is um, the Scrubs podcast? Podcast doc, uh, real doctors fake? No, fake doctors, real friends. Yeah. Um, and then so 
the, the woman who plays Jordan in Scrubs uh, mm. is is uh, Bill Lawrence, who's the creator of Scrubs, his wife. And, and and cast Zach and obviously cast his wife as Jordan and Zach and um, or JD sorry uh, and have a quite a passionate making out and love scene uh, yeah. in the fourth I think they shot the fourth episode third so literally yeah. third day on set or whatever day it was on set like really early on he brought in his wife and was like and you've got to passionately make out and uh, <laughs> and it didn't make the edit like the full love scene apparently didn't make the edit so uh, what was, was he big, doing it's some big, sort of sadist thing bill yeah lawrence big joke that bill lawrence has got the videos in a back room somewhere and just Ugh. enjoys perusing no way them. but yeah but yeah no it is an interesting for a director to cast your wife uh, alongside Leo as well, like that's quite. Uh... Well, I suppose you keep your money in the family, don't you? I mean, that's fucking, it, that's it. what's true. his name? What's his name? What's his name? Richard? Uh, no, he's uh, he's crazy. He he's done okay. loads of films. He's a really big uh, Tim Burton. That's Tim. <laughs> that's a guy. Yeah, he's the guy. He yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, he cast um, Helena Bonham Carter and everything he did, didn't he? Yeah. And, and just and make, you're paying yourself. You're paying yourself. It's, it's, it's smart. I guess that's smart. And you but can it's trust. Obvious. Any yeah, you can trust. Yeah, but then how do you take your work home with you? Like you well, that's what you were talking about last week with me and Neve because we just worked on Beat It Till yes. Smooth. Still watch it YouTube. We it's she wrote the film and and uh, I directed it and she starred in it. And mm. um, I guess it was a completely different scale, but it's a uh, you do have little gripes on set. Yeah. But you just put it down to professional ideas. I mean, I, we found it quite easy to just like and now we're working and yeah. which is what you were saying with you and lamb like if you had to do that and you have done that you go this mm. is this is not me this is me this at is... work yeah don't cuddle me not now don't uh, cuddle me. <laughs> but um have you read the book as well of revolutionary i haven't read the book see this so is the issue it's funny it's like like lamb has and she right. was saying to me how um leo is not well, in, it's quite apparently it's quite well described that he's not particularly a good-looking guy. He's a very, very, very oh, average Joe, and so. Um, Costa Leo is interesting. Yeah, I know exactly. But you know, Kate and Leo was it the first thing they did since Titanic? It was, yeah. So of course, people want to see those two together, no matter yeah. what. And there's I like mean, an interesting like parody of like maybe this was what the world would have been like if they'd survived the Titanic. Exactly. <laughs> then, and thirty uh, years and, after the Titanic sinks, yeah, yeah and Jack Jack turns out to be an absolute arsehole and <laughs> yeah. doesn't have these ideas of grand. I mean, it kind of. And also, what's funny is that Shutter Island was sometime after that, and it's. Uh, uh, the story of a man whose wife killed herself and their children. Yeah. And he sends him a little bit, uh, well, Loopy. sends him very, yeah. Yeah. And not um, only that, but you've got the, uh, uh, what's it called? Oh, I'm so bad with this today. What's it? Uh, the film with Inception. Leonardo DiCaprio. No. Leonardo DiCaprio, Great Gatsby. And oh, yeah. So, yeah. 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 So he's like got a fear of water. <laughs> and he's got all this money. Oh, yeah. Very weird. Yeah, it's interesting. I think a lot of Sam Mendes's films. I mean, you don't think the thing is with good writing, you don't really notice it, do you? No. Um, but I did with I this. Think, but yeah, did, yeah, I know what you mean. I think it's like yeah, it's an interesting one, man. Um, I think Sam Mendes and thinking about all the films he does, he was my favorite director for a long time, and I love what he does with Thomas Newman because him and Thomas Newman yeah. create this amazing music. Great score, yeah. Um, but I was, it's like. And there's something about those films that he does that are very nostalgic. 
but this, but if he made one today, it still kind of feels nostalgic. Yeah. It's like 1917, even though it wasn't. I yeah. was never in World War One, but there's a familiar kind of musical tone and set to it that made you go, oh, the yeah. 90s or the noughties or something. Your play though, that was night. That was World War One, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you have, you know, you you haven't done it, but you been there in your mind i've been there um, in my mind i haven't been yeah. fighting but i've been no. captured yeah yes. i get you so and we had yeah. similar music as well in that as well not exo- not exactly but very similar glass yeah. house yeah glass house yeah very good very thanks man <laughs> very good mate very good so yes that was uh, my uh little snippet for this week uh, just watched that film just want to talk about it because it's really great yeah. and, it's in, uh, and it's on netflix it is on netflix and really heightens the importance of great writing in in a movie i think yeah, very much so. Um, so, to change genre completely, and yes. tact, um, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I saw King of Staten Island. Chris, have you seen this film? I've not. I've watched um, a very, very beginning of it just before we came on, and I've watched ah. the trailer. Nice. Uh, so I got a vi- I got a tone. I got a very cool. l- Little Miss Sunshine tone. Oh, interesting. Uh, I'm going to tell you why how... you're wrong. Um, okay, <laughs> please do. I, I, I've literally just watched seconds of it, but it's that vibe for me is okay. Well, again, without well giving written. without giving anything away, um, on the guise of writing, it's written by Judd Apatow, and it was also co-written by Pete Davidson and David Cyrus. Right. Um, now, I, I wanted to talk about a few things about this, but mainly the reason why the story was written was uh, I think that Pete Davidson and Judd Apatow basically started working together during Trainwreck with Amy Schumer yeah, and Bill yeah, Hader. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. what happened on Trainwreck was there was a scene where Judd was like, oh, there's a scene coming up. We need to find this young guy. He's a bit of an idiot. We need to find someone to play this person. Amy Schumer goes, oh, my God, there's a stand up called Pete Davidson. I think you should get him involved. This was in 2015. Yeah. So really, Pete's only been around for five years. and Look what he's achieved. Mm. But he was doing stand up on the circuit for a bit. And then he comes on to do train wreck is in one scene and then judd's like kind of falls in love with this guy he goes there's something about this guy that i need to know more of and obviously they kind of get to talking and he and it becomes apparent that in real life pete davidson's father died during 9 11. Oh. Um, one of the marriott hotels uh, collapsed in on him when he was seven years old and so in real life pete that happened to him and he stayed in his grandmother's basement for years and years and years and years depressed upset and then his mum started dating someone and pete found that very hard and so what pete did in real life is escape into drugs and also into stand-up comedy and so through comedy he managed to find himself anew um now it's almost exactly the same but they kind of changed a lot of it in terms of where how old pete is in the story so that whole time where he's spending time in his basement and things like that he's practicing tattoos horribly he's very bad but he just needs a bit of direction now the pete in this film isn't very funny well he is but he's not and that's another point as well with this film that it's not your typical judd apatow film in the sense that i think pineapple express and i think um gold uh gold member (laughs) was it super bad and i think all of those and and Seth Rogen. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. there is no Seth Rogen in this. And, yeah. um, and and I don't think that's a bad thing. It's just a very different style. It's very much more realist. It's more like a dramedy. Yeah, um, yeah. There are very real funny bits, but it is also laced with a massive amount of compassion yeah. and nice stuff and awful stuff as well, which is hilarious. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the characters are all really funny. Um, and Bill Burr, obviously. And Mr. Yeah, Marissa Bill Tomei. Burr. Bill, yeah, Bill Burr, that's his real moustache. Oh, when you watch it, you'll be like, oh, crap. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And I think... And I think that for... I think there's something to be said about someone just going, this is my life story. Do you want to make this a film? Mm. And that being... And then having someone like Judd Apatow, or first of all, like we were mentioning before, casted his own daughter in this film. Yep. So keeping it in the family as well, mm-hmm. in that sense. Um, and, and like, I don't know necessarily in terms of writing... I mean, it was all... They were all written together, and I think it's a lot of it is kind of pretty much scene for scene from what happened in his real life but the right is he trying to be a stand-up in it or is he trying to be a tattoo artist he's trying to be a tattoo artist he's trying to find out what he wants to do with his life there was an interesting bit i read on the trivia as well um that with uh the trailer had that kid cuddy um music in it um judd apatow has this really good thing if you look back at pretty much any judd apatow film trailer the Mm. soundtrack to the trailer is always really integral um, so they had Kid Cudi doing this one for Staten Island. And the reason why was because when Pete was at his lowest, his Kid Cudi was the artist he listened to to kind of get him out of his low oh, yeah. low bits. So it's a nice kind of a double dose of realism on top of... Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine imagine, imagine Judd Apatow comes over to you and says, I want to, like, tell me about your life. Oh, there's a film in that. What's your favourite song? We'll put that in the track. And it's just like... <laughs> and you're watching your own life with your own soundtrack back at you. Yeah, yeah. Must be crazy. Um and then so so he had this kid cuddy in this one and i was and i was um this is a bit off track but pineapple express had paper planes by mii mia yeah. right now that song came out a good seven months before the trailer and no and that song was doing really badly until judd apatow used it in his trailer for pineapple express so judd apatow, judd apatow is he's, he's very aware for someone of his age as well because he's I don't quite I think he's definitely mid to late 50s but he's got such a good impulse in working with young people and I know that some directors of that age will be like oh it's a bit mm. difficult because they could be especially if you're taking not necessarily actors but comedians who are mm. a different breed of performer into yes. especially stand up comedians you know yes um and uh, and it's and it and I think to be honest Bill Burr I remember Bill Burr reading an interview with him about this and saying that the more the more challenging scenes were the lovey scenes. Yeah, yeah. Where he had to be like in love with his kids. That weren't his kids, you know. That's real that's acting stuff. And mm-hmm. and he says himself that that's the stuff Marissa Tomei is easy. Yelling at Pete, that was easy. Just yelling and screaming oh, yeah. at him and throwing him. It's like that's you could do that. That's yeah. his wheelhouse. Hands yes. tied behind your back. Yeah. yeah. But I would say this. I wasn't I was touched by I was touched by King of Staten Island. I do want to watch it again, but it's it, it's two hours and it feels like two hours. Okay. Um, and the funny bits are funny. I think they're just not the. There are some of those um, bits and pieces, but it's it's more to be honest. It's a very sweet film, mm-hmm. and so with a very disgusting jacket on. But it's really sure. really good, That's and great. I recommend it. I and I yeah, said I was going to give this about seven point five. Yeah. Okay. Out of out of a hundred. No, out of ten. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, Thanks, that sounds man. great. I want to watch it. Yeah, that sounds great. You, uh, you've... Also, sounds... look, look out for the character. Uh, I can't remember her name, but she's play, played by Belle Pauly. Yeah. Um, she. I want you to f- 
with when you watch it, I want you to text me back, and I want you to tell me what you think of her performance, and I'll okay. let you in on a little secret. But you're not allowed to IMDb anything, okay? Okay. All right. All right. Oh, good. Good. Everyone do this at home as well. Yeah. And then get in touch with Sam, and then he'll tell you the. My number is oh seven. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, just, uh, just uh, tweet us at uh, the real easy rev one. Do it. Um, I'm at... as well. At the real easy red one, if you want to tag me, I'm at Sam underscore Adamson. Yes. So and hit me I up am on there. At Chris underscore Whitmore. So that's. Oh my god. Are we, are we the first Sams or Chris's on Twitter? I think we are, yeah. We are. We are, yeah. <laughs> um, what was interesting about the casting for that film, very quickly, is yeah. he had one stand up comedian. And he was no, like. Two. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Oh. So he had this one stand up comedian. He was like. Do I get another actor in to play the stepdad, or would it be more interesting to get another stand-up comedian in so they can be more have more mm. in common? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's really interesting casting. And well, if you think about it as well, like Judd Apatow, and maybe it did, but Judd Apatow yeah. works with comedians all the time. Yeah. Um, in films, he's very good at bridging that gap, and it's also interesting yeah. with, uh, with Pete, um, because he is such. Like, I just don't fully understand how he how he can even put clothes on in the morning sometimes. But when, when you hear <laughs> stories about like what he was what he was like in SNL and stuff like that, he's always he, apparently he's always shocked that he's still got a job. Youngest person ever, youngest person ever on S- SNL. Oh, cast. you just said young, youngest person ever. I was like, he is. He's the young. No, it's like children <laughs> of men. He's he's literally the youngest person ever. Yeah, that's crazy. That, I think he's younger than me as well, which is <laughs> is he really? Yeah, I mean, he was seven in 20, 2001, and I was ten. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh wow, Crack. I'm so old. Yeah. That's why I shaved. Well, Margot actually. Robbie just turned thirty, so that really put a lot of respect. Rihanna's only twenty eight. <laughs> what are we doing, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> he lost his headphones. He lost his headphones. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? We're in lockdown. It's all right. We're doing all right. We're doing okay. It's all right. So, Chris, was there anything else you wanted to add to this podcast at all? I just recently watched the uh, Disney Plus's making of Frozen 2. And what I found really interesting about that is it they were four years into the animation of that film before they even, like, locked the story down. Oh. Which seems completely mental to me, that they didn't really know where the story was going. If you've seen the film, it's all about um, Arya trying to find uh, this voice. Oh, no. And four years, or like three and a half years into this uh, film, the director, the animators, everybody, um, product designer, they didn't know what she was going to find. Like, they literally didn't know until they'd locked the story down uh, after quite a few sort of viewings by by Disney and um, by the general public as well. Um, Which I think is quite interesting because I think a lot of the issues that that film had was the story did get lost. So I think when you got Revolutionary Road, where they, where it's based off a book, or you got The King of Staten Island, uh, you know, which is based off an autobiography, when you've got that sort of grounding, that sort of uh, that really firm basis of a story, it makes the film creation process so much, so much easier. So I think one of the key things to do in making a movie, um, which is what I'm going to try and do with my projects, is to really try and lock down that story. Ah, uh, yeah, sounds good. Know where we're going, and. Um, 
and it gives you a better better traction uh, when uh, creating and trying to become imaginative. Um, so yeah, that's, it was an interesting thing to see from Frozen. But I guess that's uh, sort of like maybe how animation works. I haven't really seen uh, a lot of how other production company uh, animated production companies um, work out. And I'm going to do some more research into that. You should. But yeah, it was, it was so crazy that they were four years in. And they and that's when the story got locked down. Um, so yes, I think Sam Mendes. Uh, I think I'm one to believe that Sam Mendes is somebody who you know really gets that story uh, put down in place. So yeah, I just wanted to add that, Sam. Cheers, buddy. No worries, dude. Thank you. Well, on that subject, everybody. Yes. Uh, thank you for listening to our podcast so far, and uh, we hope we've entertained you as mm. well. Um, is we're um. We're asking for a little bit of help with our Real Easy Productions because we want to make a TV pilot and I want to tell you a lot more about it, but I won't as of yet. Um, but we're looking for donations on our GoFundMe and we're doing so, 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 so well. We're at £525, Sam. <gasps> That's insane, That's pretty right? Good. That's pretty that is insane, good. right? That's well, pretty good. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everyone who's been donating. A uh, big thank you to uh, Henry Ash Jepsen and Fraser Pickering who have gone huge donations. They've really? Got, yeah. Oh, those big, guys. Those guys. They've given us big donations, so they're going to get executive producer credits. So if what? you give really? us really like, is that was that the price? <laughs> that's the price. They get the credited well, on the next but, yeah, piece because technically, exec producers are financiers. Exactly right. So that was, yeah, that was my thinking. Nice. And if you if you donate huge amounts of money, I've got another one, Sam. I don't know how you feel about this, uh, but if Lead you actor. donate, <laughs> say yeah. Well, I was gonna say if no. you donate about a hundred pounds, you can come on set with us uh, and see the, how a movie is made and mm-hmm. how a TV pilot is shot. And also, we'll probably put you down and around in the background if we can as well, so you can be oh, nice. featured in it. Uh, as a background artist. So those are the prizes. Uh, those are the prizes. So around Just so pounds. you know, if you, I would say if you would like to be featured as a background artist, I hope you bring games because you will be, oh, n- yes. in my experience of being an extra, there's a lot of nothing going on. There Obviously is. we'll be lots there of to try and, Lots of lighting, but, lots of standing, lots of going over But there. we're going to try and make everyone as useful as possible because it will be yeah. a trim down car obviously where it's going to be a micro budget um short or mm. a tv pilot for a web series uh, which hopefully will go on to bigger and better things because i think the plot line and when again i'll let you know when we've got more details uh, a script is in the process as we speak um nice. it's almost finished actually um but yeah i'm really excited about it i really want to make it um and i need lots of help and uh, finance is definitely one of them but if there are any editors sound engineers if there are any uh dops uh, so that is director of photography uh out there and just grips and runners grips runners yeah. grips gaffers anyone who knows anything about being on set come and lend your expertise and we'll be more than happy to welcome you with a cup of tea maybe a sandwich or a pizza or two <laughs> two pizzas and a sandwich a couple paid. of pizzas and a sandwich and uh, we'll have a lovely time yeah, man. I mean, but it's got. It's it's good, man. I think I think as well. I think I'm going to think of some new prizes as well. That we can yeah, go for it. Like you could keep uh, stuff from the set, clapperboard, for example. We'll sign a clapperboard, give it to yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't All understand those how like 
for any donations to like podcast works but they're free anyway so don't know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well uh sam I, I i don't think i've told you but we are currently being sponsored by anchor there's a sponsorship segment somewhere amongst uh, this podcast uh, which i've sorted out um so we want to thank anchor as well for sponsoring us for this podcast thank you anchor and what do they do? Uh, Are they what do they what does Anchor do, Chris? Sorry, that's a great question. Anchor are a distributor, so we uh, signed up with Anchor, and they distribute our podcast to Spotify, to Apple, to Google, to loads of the places where you'll be listening to this podcast for free, ah. and you don't need a minimum membership, all right, in order to uh, a listenership. Sorry, in order to start earning money. Nice. So they pay as your listenership goes. So as many sponsors as you can get, they will start paying you. So it's really great. Perfect. So we really appreciate. And they have all this software and stuff, so you can create your own podcast on their app as well. Nice. Which is great. Um. So yes, that. Thank you, Anchor. Thank you, Anchor, and thank you everyone for listening. No worries. I've been Sam. I've been Chris. And you've been listening to the real. Easy podcast. Seamless.